Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Oliver Kemp. Welcome to the Kent Online Podcast on Thursday the 20th of August. First today, teenagers across the county picked up their GCSE results this morning after weeks of uncertainty and confusion. These students at Hillview School in Tunbridge say they're really pleased with their final marks. I am ecstatic. I'm so happy about my results. Like, so happy. Couldn't have thought of anything better. Really well. I'm really happy. Yeah, I'm really happy. I was a little bit worried about sort of certain subjects, but thankfully they're all good. And um, yeah, I'm really, really excited. I did much better than I thought I would. Uh, yeah, so I was really nervous to begin with um, because I wasn't sure whether I'd get the results I wanted, but I did. So. Good, thank you. Got all my predicted grades, so I'm very happy about that. Yeah, I did very well, thank you. I got uh, two nines, three eights, and the rest are seven, so I'm very happy. Um, I was not <laughs> expecting a nine in textiles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nine in both Englishes and biology. Oh, and for you? I got a nine in business and then an eight in biology. I got nine in art, which was unexpected and uh, I passed maths. But one grammar school head teacher has hit out at the government. A week after A-level results day was marred by the scandal over downgraded results. Mark Tompkins, head teacher at Maidstone Grammar School, says he's relieved the government switched results to teachers' predictions, but it should not have happened at the last minute. Today has gone really well because on Monday when we had clarity from government about what was going to happen, it then allowed us then to be um, clear with our students and be supportive of them and uh, the results today have reflected the hard work that they and their uh, members of staff have put in. And were you relieved about the government's U-turn? Yes, I was relieved. Um, We should never have been in this position, uh, but we can now move forward and uh, we can, we as a profession can learn a lot of lessons from what has happened. What kind of lessons do you think perhaps can be learned? I think having the data back in June um, would have allowed the Department of Education and Ofqbol to really understand the impact of the the algorithm and the algorithmic grades and to make some changes right at the last minute before results being published um, can never happen again and it should never have happened. Hmm. And how do you think pupils, because so many pupils felt so passionately about what happened last week, it's been really wonderful to see them all fight for their futures. I'm really pleased that the younger generation have come out and challenged and pressurised government to to reflect and review their decision and obviously it started with Scotland two weeks ago and then Northern Ireland and Wales so England had to follow suit and I'm so pleased that that pressure was there Um, but the one thing I would like to say is there's been an apology made by government to the students but we need to apologise also to the teachers and profession because they have also worked extremely hard and had to react to so many of these changes and they need to be acknowledged as well that hard work. He spoke as his students picked up predicted marks given to them by their teachers for their GCSE work after being unable to take exams this year. Last Thursday saw a wave of anger from students and teachers alike after grades predicted by teachers in lieu of this summer's exams were downgraded by Ofqual's standardised algorithm. 
Despite Education Secretary Gavin Williamson initially defending the system, the government performed a U-turn and as a result this year's GCSE results are based on teacher-assessed grades. Wendy Robinson from Whitstable is the service head at Childline. She says the pandemic has made this time around even more stressful for pupils. We received quite a lot of calls at what would have been exam time of young people being quite fearful of what would happen uh, by not taking an exam. I think we often might assume that a young person would jump for joy if they weren't having to take their exams, but actually they feel quite cheated, quite robbed, that they'd worked so hard for so long um, and then didn't get the opportunity to, to put that into practice with an exam. So I think young people as well are hearing of um, uncertainties in the wider world and they're wondering what does that mean for them? Um, is the workplace and, and the world of employment going to be more uncertain and without certain grades or, or plans based on their achievements, it leaves them feeling quite worried and overwhelmed. For more on exam results across the county, head over to kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online News. Elsewhere today, and concerns are being raised for the welfare of unaccompanied asylum-seeking children being cared for by Border Force officials. Kent County Council announced this week it could no longer look after new children arriving on the shores of Kent as its services stretched to breaking point. There are now calls for the government to plan the transfer of care of some of these children to other local authorities. John Featonby is policy manager for refugees and asylum at the British Red Cross. There needs to be a real drive now to work with local authorities and to support local authorities across the UK to make sure that those children who are now arriving and who can't be supported by, by Kent, I think it's completely understandable now that over a number of years, Kent has just seen the number of children that it's being asked to support grow ever higher and it's got to the point where it's not really now about more money or more support to Kent County Council. We are now at the point where more local authorities need to come forward and offer that that support and that's the role that the Red Cross can help those local authorities play across the UK in supporting in supporting children but it really needs the Home Office to make sure they are providing the right support and the, the right assurances to those local authorities that, that those areas as well will get the resource and the money that they need to be able to make sure that children have the right support, are able to access the schooling, get the healthcare they need. But this really needs to happen urgently. This has been a problem which we've seen over a number of years now, but it really has come to ahead now and that's why urgent action needs to be taken. Asylum seeker holding centres on the Kent coast came under fire in 2016 after the Chief Inspector of Prisons described the conditions as wholly unacceptable. Some people were even made to sleep on concrete floors. Bridget Chapman is from the Kent Refugee Action Network and wants to make sure it doesn't happen again. Clearly we're extremely concerned about the news that the Border Force will be looking after vulnerable children that have arrived um, as unaccompanied asylum seekers. With the greatest respect to the Border Force, they do not have the skill set to look after children. Children need to be in the, the hands of a local authority. We have no idea at the moment what kind of facility young people will be kept in, how they will be safeguarded, whether adults will be in the facility, will they have access to washing facilities, will they have access to legal advice, will they have access to education, are they being detained because... It's only legal to keep a child detained for up to 24 hours. So, we, you know, there are all sorts of unanswered questions that we need answers to. Um, what we um, believe is the answer is that the National Transfer Scheme, which was a scheme in the past that meant that young people were distributed around the country so that different local authorities were taking responsibility, 
And that needs to be reinstated. It collapsed before because it wasn't being funded properly. Uh, so we need to see it reinstated, but funded properly this time. And it needs to happen in a timely manner. What happened before was that young people would be in Kent for months um, and then they would build networks and uh, groups of friends and engage with education. And then they would be uprooted, which was clearly devastating. So that that is something that needs to be addressed urgently. In the past, there have been, um, with the lack of accommodation, we have seen asylum seekers sleeping on concrete floors um, of Frontier House. That was back in 2016. So there are precedents for people being kept in, in extremely poor conditions. Clearly, that's a concern, um, which is another reason that we need to be reassured about what's happening to the, to the children that are arriving. You know, if somebody arrives today, where are they going to be staying? What sort of conditions are they going to be staying in? You know, obviously, it's our job to speak out on behalf of the young people that we are here to represent. And this is a real concern for us. I mean, the Border Force are doing a great job of um, picking up people in dinghies and making sure they're brought safely in. And that is um, until the government get their act together and resolve this issue. That is the best way the Border Force um, can be used. It isn't the Border Force's job to be looking after young children um, and I doubt they're, they're happy about being put in this position. It comes after a 16-year-old boy from Sudan drowned yesterday while trying to reach Britain. His body was found on a beach near Calais after a boat he was in with another person capsized overnight. The Labour peer Lord Dubbs hopes Pretty Patel will now back his proposal to allow in unaccompanied refugee children whose families are already here. The vast majority of refugees who reach France, stay in France, a small proportion come here, often because they're family here. What better reason is the far saying come here? That's my plea to the Home Secretary. Some other top stories briefly now and a police officer who described searching women as good fun has been sacked from his dream job. PC William Pope also mocked a dementia sufferer and shared pictures from crime scenes with friends on a WhatsApp group called Call of Duty Season Pass. He's now been dismissed for sending the string of unprofessional messages over the course of eight months. And a dad of seven went to bizarre lengths to teach a neighbour a lesson after they blocked his driveway with their car. Toe Bailey from Margate wrapped the vehicle in black cellophane after it was left in front of his house for more than a day. According to Mr Bailey, the neighbour who had just moved in was very apologetic but found the prank hilarious. That's it for today, but you can also now subscribe to the IM News app to access all KM Group newspapers. Head to isleofmediasubs.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.